Welcome to episode 136 of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. You were wondering whether or not it would happen. Did my new co-host last week, Tim Eclipse, squatty to the point where he threw his tools down and stormed out of the workshop? I don't know. Scotty, are you here? Did you join me? I'm back. Did you miss me, Mel? Ah, that's a very strong word. (laughs) (laughs) I love the indifference. Thank you. It's great to be back. Of course, I missed you. It was a very different experience recording with a different co-host last week, especially on our podcast. You know, it was, yeah, it was a little bit weird not having you around and not to mention the fact that I had to drive the ship and wow, (laughs) didn't I do a stellar job with that? Well, everything worked. So, I mean, the podcast went out. I mean, I was really, I, I, I'm glad the rest of the our listeners got to share the the echo chamber that I'm subjected to every day of Tim's office. <laughs> the acoustics in uh, the Earlier Beach Parkrun HQ uh, office is not ideal. And uh, we brought that to last week's episode and I'm great. He did fix it up for the outro. He did. He, so record, sure he recorded at home for the outro. Okay. He changed okay. location. Um, but, yeah, you know, Parkrun is a not-for-profit organisation. There is not budget for plush couches and, you know, soundproofing and, and lovely shag pile carpets to absorb the noise. You know, it's, it's a Spartan office because, you know, we don't need to spend money where it's not necessary. Exactly. So I like to peel back the curtain every now and then. So let's describe the Parkrun headquarters to our listeners. Because it, it sounds it sounds fancy. It sounds luxurious to have an office in the Whit Sundays, but the reality is it's how, how big is it? I'm not good with measurements, Mel. It's maybe five. One of those twenty foot twenty foot containers. Like if you can imagine the size of being inside one of those twenty foot containers. And it's it's kinda long and um rectangular too, isn't it? And it's got a desk. That's it. Yeah, he hasn't even got a chair. It's a stand up <laughs> desk. <laughs> No chair, no rug, no lamp. Like I remember back in my old job uh, at SBS, uh, it was a really cold corporate office. Everything was beige and they went to open plan and it was just horrific. I hated it. So I asked, can we get some lamps and some rugs? Because we were a creative team. So I wanted to sort of create sort of a, a a nicer sort of mood. So I wanted rugs and a lamp and just something to decorate it. And I got a very firm no, don't be ridiculous. But I think at Parkrun, I think we can uh, just expand the budget a little to buy Tim maybe a lamp. Maybe a rug's probably going too far in the Whit Sundays, but I think it needs something. Well, maybe maybe just for Christmas, the, st- the rest of the staff could pull our resources and um, purchase a lamp for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was good. It was good to um, have a different voice. Hopefully, hopefully you enjoyed it and hopefully the listeners enjoyed it. I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed having a week off. Did you? And what did you do with all the extra spare time <laughs> that you had from not recording a podcast for the first week in two and a half years? Um, I didn't worry about the podcast, which was what I enjoyed most about it. I didn't have to worry about anything. I didn't have to organise the guest. I didn't have to organise the edit. We didn't have to coordinate our schedules. I just said, you guys do it. So that was what I did. I did not worry about the podcast. Um, 
Is it a big worry for you every week, Scotty? It's not a big worry. Definitely not a big worry. I love it, Mel. Okay. But one less thing to worry about. Helps from time to time. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, we're coming up to the festive season and I, I feel there's going to be a Christmas slash New Year break coming on, as we always do. So that'll be nice to get a little bit of um, R&R in. Something to look forward to, holidays. What I, what I have done in my spare time is I just quickly glanced at the Pearlistration results. So I'm not going to give away too much yet because we've had a good response, good early response so far. Awesome. Can um, I just ask, how, how's the ego going? Because I haven't looked. I, <laughs> I'm not sure. I've, I've had a bit of an up and down week. I'm not sure if my ego can handle handle the results just yet. So I've kind of there's, not looked. Yeah. Well, there's one question in there. We weren't going to put it in there, but through Tim's prompting, uh, it needed to go in there. And luckily, Mel, your ego's big enough and strong enough to handle it. Mine, mine is as well. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm in a good mood. I'm happy at the moment. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. But we still are going to leave it open for a couple more weeks, aren't we? So yep. we, won't, we won't go into the results. We'll give everybody a full breakdown toward the end. And then we will also tell people what will or will not change. Maybe, maybe we'll start actually implementing some of the changes from the early results this week. What do you reckon? Yes. Yeah, and this is it, people. Like we said it last week, we do take notice of these results. Like if you tell us something sucks, it's gone. If you tell us you want something back, it's coming back. Um, so there, I've got some, I've got some good news and some bad news on that front, Mel. But I'm, I'm not going to tell anything. I'm not going to share anything just yet. But I can say something's going, and something's definitely coming back, just from early responses. Oh. Something to look forward to. And don't forget, we're giving away a watch. It's sitting right in front of me, as I see. It's in its box. It's brand new. It's a TomTom Tom Runner 3. It's a great watch. It comes with free Scotty syncing it to your phone and computer support. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> but it's still a free watch. It's brand new. Thanks to TomTom. Tom. We'll send it to um, our friends in the UK as well. Yeah, yeah. So we don't you... mind where, where it gets sent. I mean, it, the recharge plug is probably a USB one, yeah? So you should be able to plug it in anywhere. Yep. Yeah. So don't forget that. Pearl Illustration, we'll share the link again this week. I want to go back though, Mel, uh, massive weekend last weekend for both of us. It was our anniversary. It's probably the most important weekend on the Parkrun Australia calendar. For everyone. For the year. <laughs> not just yeah, us, for, for everyone. I think I think um, most people are focused on what happens at Kiwana and Westerfolds on the weekend. Pretty sure. Um, for the, but for those that aren't, let's uh, let's share. What, what, what did you get up to? Uh, well, we had our sixth anniversary at Kiwana Park Run on the weekend. We had a spooky theme because it's not an anniversary um, at Kiwana unless there's some kind of fancy dress theme or, or it won't be as long as I'm around on the event team anyway. Even if none of the runners want to get dressed up, I'm still doing it. So, uh, so how are you finding that? So six years in. Is the interest waning a little bit in it is dress-ups? it is definitely it has evolved it, it depends on on the people that are coming so you know we've got some new runners that are sort of still excited about those sorts of things and so they tend to participate a bit more some of the runners uh, and walkers who've been there since right from the start have just kind of toned down their costumes to an extent, whereas in previous years they might have gone all out. Um, yeah, we've got the full gamut going on. It's it's 
interesting to see. In certainly in terms of the actual celebration, you know, it was nowhere near the um, level of crazy that it was in the early years, and that's just you know um, a reflection on us as an event team, keeping it simple, understanding that we already do the best thing that you can possibly do every week. And we give uh, our park runners an event, a free 5K timed run. So there's, there's not much more you can do to make that amazing. Um, and, yeah, it's nice to celebrate it with a bit of a costume and a bit of a hoo-ha, but we don't, we don't do, like, the whole prizes in the pre-event brief anymore. We don't um, – spend like 20 minutes just highlighting all the different stats or anything like that. It's all very low key and we just give everybody the run that they love and show up for all the time. Uh, We did this week, uh, this year I should say, uh, instead of I've actually made the cake, the anniversary cake every year since we started and this is the first year that I didn't and we instead invited park runners to contribute cupcakes um, if they felt so inclined to bake and whatnot and so we got some awesome very yummy cupcakes that were brought along not too many though which um, was interesting Uh, probably also um, a bit our fault for not um, what's the word publicizing it very much or very long beforehand but you know that was fine too Um, yeah but it was a good morning how was yours Scotty because we share our anniversaries. It is. It's pretty cool, isn't it, how we synchronise that? Um, it's interesting you say that six years in, uh, yeah, things things are evolving. I think we're seeing that at Westerfolds too. I think uh, the park runners, that like the Westerfoldians, they're into it. They're dressed up every week. But I remember back to the first few years and um, there was a lot of excitement about getting dressed up and that probably does wear off a little bit but um we had a w theme this year so i went as a wish list um thanks to maddie trent for the heads up on that i will uh, um maddie trent for the heads up on that i thought maddie trent had a different suggestion for you which i strongly encouraged you to think about very carefully so he did i think he did my memory's fading as i'm getting older but so i wanted to go as a worm i thought that would be a great costume you, along with my wife, pointed out that I could end up looking like a massive penis. <laughs> well, and <laughs> it depends. Well, the potential to look something <laughs> resembling more that than a worm, which um, made me, you know, I, I was more excited to to explore the worm costume. But my beautiful wife put her foot down. Thank you, Vonnie. I think the whole population of Parkrun also thanks you. No, to the worm. So I went as a wish list. And uh, that was good. That, that was good. Fun. I found that very interesting because I, I actually had to zoom in on the photo. I couldn't just leave it little. I had to open it up and go, <laughs> all right, what is on the list? Because it wasn't just a, any ordinary wish list. It was a wish list of park runs. It was. And you it wrote was. Up and their names, Scotty. I did. I let's, hey, let's get to that in the outro. Let's give a tease. Okay. Let's explore that in the outro because. Perhaps I should have given that a bit more thought than I did of at the time. Who you might be offending. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe not. But, uh, yeah, there's lots of park runs that uh, I want to get to and they were on my wish list or maybe not. But we had, we had a good old time. We do do. So Bree, the event director at Westerfolds, 
Um, she does do the certificates and reads out a few stats, so it's still got that element to our anniversaries. I'm, I'm still waiting for my very first park run certificate, Mel. I thought this year could be the year. I know I'm not around Westerfolds much, but, you know, if Brie was just going through the list and they're, they're a bit ambiguous, like they're not just for most runs and most PBs or that. So I thought I was a chance, but... Um, Lucked out again. I'm a little bit offended that you're still waiting for your inverted commas first parkrun certificate because I recall making a certificate for you for parkrun several <laughs> years ago. And well, you've no, obviously blanked it out of your mind or it doesn't count. It's not important because I didn't print it out and send it to you. I only sent it to you electronically. I want it to be a public thing. I oh, okay. <laughs> You know, handed to me in front of hordes of people. Who are clapping and, and cheering. Adulation. <laughs> you know, I designed the goddamn things. I, I want one after all these years. Okay. Well, hopefully somebody listening in Victoria <laughs> has access to the certificates and can get one to you. But um, um, it was a double barrel weekend with anniversaries, but it was a triple barrel weekend um, because I did PAX that I'm not going to go into because I think we did that last year, but I had an awesome weekend uh, at PAX where we geeked um, out. Saw the other, yeah, so we geeked out massively, but we also had our annual run for the Fireys event. So I just want to quickly touch on that and mention that the Westerfoldians won for not the first year, second year, third year, but actually the fourth year in a row. Just a brief mention. It's a complete domination. Other running clubs came at us this year. The The field was stronger. The competition was more intense, but it didn't, didn't fail. Just us. quietly. Scotty, Scotty bought all the trophies to work on Monday <laughs> and at the staff meeting had them all lined up in front of the computer so that we could see how much shiny bling the Westerfoldians. Um, that was an accident. That wasn't meant to happen. Oh, really? That was <laughs> awkward. Who put those there in yeah, the way of the camera? There's so many. There's so many. You know, they get in the way. I, you know but what's really is ironic it, is the fact that all the trophies have these like little firemen with their fireman hoses on it. <laughs> and to me, those look like the statues of the models that um, died in a freak gasoline fight accident in Zoolander. <laughs> that's that's what I've said too. And nobody else sort of goes along with me when I bring oh, it up. See, no, but I think next year the Zoolanders need to represent at Run for the Fireys, try to get ourselves one of those idea. trophies. Well, this is the this is the maybe not ironic part, but this year there was no trophy. Oh, <laughs> so we're going to make our own. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was you know it was great winning, but the prize was just a, a bunch of gift vouchers to a local oh. pub. Which is so not, where I, were all those trophies? That what, where were they from? The ones that you had lined up on your desk? Might have just been from previous <laughs> years. Okay. <laughs> oh dear. Um, but I'll tell you. It's been a long intro, but um, that's the way we go these days. I mean, with me now, what is it? Two-hour episodes, so we can oh, go look, for a 20-minute Yeah, intro. we don't need to compete with, with me now in terms of length and, and all that sort of stuff. You don't want to do a two-hour intro? Oh, well, I don't think their intro goes for two hours. No. Preamble, Preamble yes. So there's the difference. Um, what? So here's where I am at with my running, just to, to link it back to uh, Run for the Fireys and how we won for the fourth year in a row. So I was entered in the 10K and I woke up in the morning and I just I just didn't want to run 10K. Now, how, how bad am I going at the moment? So I downgraded. It was actually in the sake of being a good parent. Kasha oh. was in the 6K and she was going to run by herself. So I downgraded to the 4K event because Kasha didn't actually want us to run with her. 
she was also defending her title. But I was a bit worried about sending my daughter out for 6K. It's a long way. She really hasn't been training as much to get 6K. Yeah, but she does juniors as well as regular every week. every week. i got to say, she did really well. She did really well. It's like five minute, five and a bit minute Ks over 6K. It was great, great effort. But I got to the 2K point over the 4K event, stood around and waited for 20 minutes for Kasha to come back, then ran with her the last 2K. And my time still counted towards the average time for the team event. So I potentially – You ruined it. <laughs> my 20 minutes could have blown, blown us, blown it for the yeah. team. But it didn't. That's our dominant. <laughs> that's, that's how you So what you're saying is you were the weakest link and the rest of your team stepped up and carried, carried you. Me. Okay. Yeah. It's about time. time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There we go. Well, I'm glad. That's an intro. Such a good weekend. In my absence last week, Mel and Tim started talking about nuts, and uh, it made me hungry for one thing, but it also made me uh, want to talk to Kelly again, our nutritionist. So, welcome back to the Parkrun Adventurers. Thank you. Glad to be back. It's great to have you back. Now, last week, Tim was more talking about stealing nuts and um, <laughs> not eating them as such, but he said they were his favourite snack. I'm, I'm a bit partial to uh, nut from time to time, but I've got to balance it with a few allergies in our house. Mm. Um, this, this shouldn't be held against the nut, should it? But nuts are really good for us. Yes, 100%. Nuts are so, so good for us. And, um, yeah, with the allergies, it does make it tricky, especially in all the different schools and everything going nut-free. It does make it trickier because they do make such a good, healthy snack, which are absolutely loaded with protein um, and fats and fiber, and all of that is really going to help to fill you up and it's going to keep you full a longer term. So if you were to have... A bit of a snack of nuts, um, kind of say in the afternoon at about like two o'clock before that three o'clock energy slump kind of happens. That if you're having something like nuts, which is high in the fats and the protein, it's actually going to help to fill you up. So then come three o'clock, you're not having your energy crash and reaching for the sugar and all of that sort of stuff. So nuts are amazing. With with the nuts, the ones that um, Tim was actually referring to, they well, he was talking about, uh, let's say, supplementing the normal sort of nut mix with some of the more expensive nuts, which were in the nut mix already, but just adding some extra for the proportions. Is there any difference? I, I'm assuming that the nuts that are more expensive are more expensive because they're more expensive to produce, not necessarily because they're better for you. Have you seen any correlations between, you know, the really expensive nuts are actually better for you or no? Oh, you know, that's a, uh, not really. I, th- I think you're um, right on the money with saying that it comes down to the production and how much they can produce and therefore how much they need to charge in order to cover their costs. So it doesn't really go with um, the nutritional value against the pricing because, yeah, like if you look at um, like macadamias, for example, they are one of your most expensive nuts. They're generally between $50, $60 a kilo, depending um, where you buy them from. 
But macadamias are absolutely amazing. They're high in your unsaturated fats. They've got um, lots of thiamine in there. The thiamine will help with the breakdown of fat and protein. It will improve cardiovascular function, maintains a healthy nervous system. Um, it's also really high in manganese. The other thing is it's really low in sugar. But the fact it's got those qualities, I don't think really stipulates the price. I think the price and um, the nutritional benefits of nuts are quite independent of each other. Kelly, some, what are some of the better nuts? Because I like a cashew nut, but it also gives me a throbbing headache. Oh. Um, I know. It's oh, cruel. that's it's not cruel good. <laughs> no, no. Um, so, what it's, so obviously some nuts are better than others. I know that the cashew is delicious, but it, it does have a high fat content. Um, but it's good fat, right? Yes, yes, that's exactly it. So as soon as you said that with the high fat content, all your nuts and seeds have quite a high fat content. Some have a higher fat content than others. But when it comes to the fat that's actually found in nuts, it's a natural dietary fat. It's a healthy fat. It's um, it's one that's occurring in nature. It's not one that's man-made such as like your vegetable oil. So it's 100% amazing for you to be eating it. When it comes to what's the best type of nut, it is, um, I think almonds have always had the, I guess the wrap for being the best nut because they're high in protein, they're high in the good fats, they got lots of fiber because you eat it with the husks still on them. Also, they're relatively more affordable than something like a macadamia. But when it comes to the nuts, all the different nuts have different um, fatty acid profiles, different vitamins, different minerals. And because of that, it's really important to get a good variety of different nuts. So, for example, cashews, um, it's got your non-heme iron, which means your plant-based iron, um, which will help to increase energy levels for someone who's um, iron deficient. It's also got a very low GI rating, which means it won't spike your blood sugars. But then you look at something in comparison, like a Brazil nut, um, it's got lots of fiber. And so that's a prebiotic, meaning it's going to keep your gut health nice and um, healthy in there. Um, it will help with your bowel motions to regulate bowel motions. It will help to keep you fuller for longer. So eating a Brazil nut will keep you fuller than eating like a cashew nut. Um, the Brazil nuts also have lots of selenium, um, which is great for your cognitive function, your immunity, for fertility as well. Um, and just two Brazil nuts a day provides 100% of the recommendations for selenium for an adult. So if you're eating nuts, it's amazing. And we do advocate about 30 grams of nuts a day. But what we also advocate is a really, really good variety so that you're not just only having the benefits of cashews because we want you to have the benefits of cashews, the benefits of Brazil nuts, the benefits of pecans and pine nuts and getting a really good variety so you get all the different benefits and all the different fatty acid profiles in there. Now, I'm no nutritionist and uh, I'm not privy either to Scotty's nut eating habits, but I would warrant a guess that if he's getting headaches from cashews, he may be eating more than 30 grams because that's not, that's not really a lot, is it, Kelly? Like if, if you look at it um, as a portion size, what, what is that? Is that a handful like of all the nuts all together or is it like a handful of each of them? It, it, 30 grams lands up being like a small handful. So kind of if you cup your hand, it's just like a little level handful in there of the nuts. So yeah, um, if Scotty is getting headaches from cashews, 
I would highly recommend not eating cashews um, and probably choose lots of other different nuts. Um, also, the headache, it may or may not be caused by the cashews. Like if you're having cashews, but every time you're having cashews, you may be having it with something else, for example, like with a glass of wine or something, then it may be something else that's giving you the headache. But, um, yeah, if something's kind of giving you a bit of a negative effect, I generally try and reduce that out of the diet because if it's giving you a headache you don't quite know what it's doing to the rest of your body just if it's causing like inflammation um or, or other sorts of issues like whether it's with your bowel motions or bloating or other sorts of things going on so if you've got a headache one maybe you're eating too much two maybe it's something else that you're eating it with and three maybe you should have a look at reducing and enjoying other types of nuts and seeds this is all great advice, Kelly. I've, I've done, I've deduced this over a number of years. It does cause inflammation in me, and it is linked to my daughter um, is anaphylactic to nuts as well. So I think there's some sort of link there. I'm no doctor or nutritionalist, but yes. that's what I've come up with. But I, I feel years. that's a nice educated opinion. I, I like that. Now Mel's favourite snack was chocolate. Oh, and I know that um, you're going to say chocolate's no good for us, but I do know you've got a killer recipe for some healthy chocolate yes i do so when it comes to chocolate one who does not love chocolate it is amazing um but with the chocolate i guess there's different types of chocolate that you can be eating and so when it comes to like your dairy milk chocolate and your white chocolate they've got um a bit of a combination of the trans fats and the sugars and when you combine the fat and the sugar like those sorts of chocolates do they're extremely moorish and you you just want to keep eating and eating because it satisfies your body so so much and it just um re releases kind of all your happy hormones and it just makes you feel really really great the thing is um with those chocolates they are very high unfortunately in your man-made fats and in your refined sugars and they don't have much benefit so the next best option is to move towards a darker chocolate the darker chocolates um have far less sugar they um less refined and because of the because of having less sugar, they aren't um, they don't stimulate the body as much. So therefore, they aren't as moorish as what a white or dairy milk chocolate would be. So moving towards a dark chocolate, but then moving towards um, a homemade chocolate is amazing. So I've got a recipe which I. Um, well, yeah, I, I tend to recommend this one quite a bit for all of the chocolate fans just because it's really easy to make. Um, it takes, honestly, about five minutes. And what you do is it's raw chocolate, so you don't have to cook anything. It's got three ingredients. So you need coconut oil, cacao powder. So cacao powder is a less refined version of cocoa powder. So if you've only got cocoa powder, you can use cocoa powder. So you've got your coconut oil, cacao powder, and maple syrup. And with that, what you do, pretty much you um, get equal quantities of your coconut oil and cacao powder. You mix them together. Um, so in summertime, the coconut oil is already liquid, so it will mix nicely with your cacao powder. In wintertime, you may just need to um, you, you may just need to heat your coconut oil slightly to make it um, into a liquid. But so you mix your coconut oil and cacao powder and then you add just a little bit of maple syrup to flavour if you want to. 
mix it all together. You get a baking tray and you line your baking tray um, and you literally just pour your chocolate onto the baking tray. From there, you can get a little bit fancy. You can put like some cracked salt or you can put blueberries or you could put coconut shards or you could put um, silivered almonds. You, you can put whatever you want on there. Just sprinkle it on top of the chocolate. Pop that into the fridge and that's all you do. And then when you come out, you go to the fridge and you just break off a little piece at a time. But the beauty of this recipe is it is mostly um, your... It's mostly coconut oil, which is fat, and then your cacao powder, which is your antioxidants. And so we've pretty much removed about 90% of the sugar. And so therefore, when you're eating it, it tastes amazing, but you're not being tempted with more because it's not the sugar that's in there, the fats in there, and the fats filling you up and making you feel satisfied, but it's not making you crave it so that you have to keep eating and eating and eating. I, I want to know a little bit more about the antioxidants because I, I did hear that the darker the chocolate, the more there are antioxidants. And I, I'm guessing because they're anti-something that they, they're good, as in anti. we don't want the oxidants for some reason. And I don't really understand oxidants, but I do know that, you know, red wine's got antioxidants. It's good for you. <laughs> uh, dark chocolate's got antioxidants. Can you give us a little bit more of a um, breakdown on exactly what why we don't want oxidants, Kelly? <laughs> so with oxidants, well, I guess so antioxidants, they fight, um, they don't actually fight oxidants, they fight free radicals. Free radicals are essentially these bad guys in the body which cruise around causing inflammation in your body. So if you've got, for example, quite a processed diet, if you've got quite high levels of stress at home or in the workplace, um, if you're exposed to environmental toxins, so things such as um, like if you work, I don't know, at a fuel station, if you're working at a mining site, if you're um, working in the roof, um, in the roofs of homes or a painter, when you're constantly exposed to chemicals, all of those sorts of things will raise your free radicals. Those free radicals will cause inflammation and longer term they can cause ongoing issues in the body depending on what sort of exposure you've had and for how long and so what antioxidants do is they pretty much buddy up with these free radicals and help the body to eliminate the free radicals so with the antioxidants chocolate is high in free <laughs> not free radicals chocolate is high in antioxidants wine has a good source of antioxidants but also just your standard fruit and veggies has an amazing source of antioxidants as well. So unfortunately, you don't need chocolate or wine, but it's fun because they do have antioxidants. So you can use that as an excuse as well. <laughs> <laughs> and will do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> um, great question, Mel, and great answer, Kelly, because I think we always hear this term, but I didn't understand it at all, but now I do. Ah. Well, so thank you. Yeah, no worries at all. It, it gets a little bit scientific, so hopefully that was explained in a not too scientific -y way. I want to move on to another fun topic. Mm -hmm. My wife is from Eastern European origin. She's Polish. She likes to ferment stuff. Yes. She's and and it doesn't really sit with me well, but she'll she'll drink like pickle juice, which is disgusting. Oh. Um, <laughs> does she make it or does she buy that? Yes. Yes, no, sometimes she buys it, sometimes she makes it. Oh, good on um, her. <laughs> tells me it's good for me, tells my daughter it's good for her. We can't do it. 
but I'm thinking you're going to tell me that we should be doing it as well. Yes, absolutely. And so with the um, with fermentation, what that does is it pretty much encourages all the um, bugs, um, which doesn't really sound that nice. But so there's there's the bugs in your gut. They're called probiotics, and then there's bugs that um, that essentially feed the probiotics, and they're called prebiotics. So prebiotic bugs feed probiotics and probiotics are in your gut. The more um, probiotics in your gut lining, essentially the healthier you are, the better able you are to digest your food, not only to digest it but to absorb it. And so some people who don't have enough of these healthy bugs in their gut, they can eat like a perfect diet but they can just land up malnourished time and time again when they're checking their bloods as a result of not actually absorbing the nutrition that they're giving themselves, which obviously is quite annoying because they're going to all this effort to eat really, really well, but then they're not actually absorbing um, what they're eating. The other thing that all the healthy bugs do is um, it improves your immunity, which is a really, really big one. So someone who um, tends to get sick quite a lot, we often will have a look at their gut health and just make sure that they do have all the healthy um, gut bugs in there, that they do have enough of the foods that feed those gut bugs. Um, and so with, with those bugs, when it comes to fermentation, the fermentation process actually increases all of those um, prebiotic and probiotic properties in the fermented food. So then when you eat it, you're essentially um, ju just absolutely flowering your gut health. You're feeding it, you're putting more healthy gut bugs into there and you're just making that absolutely amazing. And so with the fermented foods, definitely um, including them in the diet is a great, great option. I've got to admit, I'm still not quite convinced. You might be flowering your gut health, but I'm not sure you're flowering <laughs> your taste buds in your mouth. Um, oh, one, yeah, I, I feel like you maybe haven't tasted the right fermented foods then, Mel. I, Which ones have you had? Well, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's all, it's all <laughs> the pickledy kinds of things. But also, um, my sister-in-law has started fermenting, I, I don't know if it's the same thing, but her own kombucha, and I know yeah. that's all the rage and Adam loves to buy a kombucha if we're out to breakfast you know can you can you give us a bit of insight into kombucha and and oh, yes so kombucha kombucha is a little bit of a trend at the moment um and so it's just like the nuts and seeds when it comes to fermented foods you still need a good variety because if you're only getting kombucha you're only getting that kind of one strain of those healthy gut bugs and so you're wanting a good variety of say kombucha and sauerkraut and kimchi and yogurt and all the different things but when it comes to just talking about kombucha kombucha is amazing because it's pretty much <laughs> it doesn't sound very good but you've got a um you, you've essentially you're essentially fermenting tea and so it's just like an iced tea and it goes nice and fizzy because of the way how it's fermented and you've just got tea bags and you've got something called scoby and the scoby is um, all the bugs in there, like all, all of the things that you're going to be fermenting and those bugs will eat the sugar that you put into the kombucha and you just ferment it. It's the 
easiest recipe in the world like it's absolutely amazing and then at the end you can flavor it so you can flavor it with like mango or you can flavor it with um, pineapple or you can make like an apple flavor and lots of people will use kombucha as a healthier alternative to soft drinks because it's far far lower in sugar and the other thing is a nice alternative um, for people who aren't drinking alcohol. So when they go out, or well, not lots, but a few bars now are serving kombucha on tap or just in their fridges. And it's just nice to be able to have like a drink, which is good for you, but then also it's non-alcoholic as well. So kombucha, I would encourage you to try it, Mel. It's life-changing. It's so delicious. <laughs> Well, I, I tried it recently. It's like a fancy fizzy drink. It's yeah, like fancy yeah, water. it's so good. Did you? W- yeah. Which flavor did you get, Scotty? Uh, it was a raspberry and something. <laughs> I, I don't know. It was it was sweet enough and fizzy enough that I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone really tends to enjoy it, and it's really good for children as well. Um, like if you're trying to kind of get them away from the soft drinks and everything, just to have a kombucha there and not tell them that oh, this is a fermented iced tea, but just say, hey, try this fizzy drink, and um, ch- children absolutely love it as well. Hey, you'll like this segue. Speaking of children, I hear you're pregnant, Kelly. Very pregnant. I am. I am. I'm now 34 weeks pregnant. So I've got six weeks to go until I've got my own little one. Okay. So my next question, we are the parkrun adventurers. Are you still parkrunning it? I am. I am. I love it. I I did stop for a little while because my belly was feeling a bit heavy. But then um, I think like most runners, you just miss it and you're like, oh, (laughs) you get so jealous of everyone else running. And so then, um, the yeah, for for a little while now, I've started coming back and I'm like, yeah, I'll just walk and I walk for a few weeks. And then um, I've just been slowly like, oh, maybe I'll just run for a little. Maybe I'll just run a little bit faster. And so now I'm back to just doing my regular runs, which is great. I'm loving it. <laughs> I, I, last time I was pregnant, um, well, last time I was pregnant, when I was pregnant, I should say, I um, <laughs> stopped very early on and used it absolutely as an excuse not to run. And um, I don't know, I, I understand with the heavy belly, but there are also other things going on which makes it uncomfortable. And you're not experiencing that at 34 weeks. That's amazing. Mm. Well, I did. Yeah, like like I said, I did stop, and I was very happy to stop because I was like, you know what? I'm listening to my body. Like I've got so much going on. I don't want to um, put extra pressure on my body. And I was cycling and swimming and doing other bits and pieces. But then, because um, I'd come to park run and I'd either I don't know, like I'd direct park run or I'd do a volunteer or I'd just literally sit there having a cup of tea with my nan whilst all the runners went past, and it's just really really hard because you just want to be involved no it's great it's great that you're, you're still running um i think mel looks for an excuse <laughs> stop running so don't don't read any too much into that uh kelly awesome as always i think i said last time i think you're our favorite uh, guest i always learn so much so thanks for coming on the parkrun adventurers and uh, sharing all your wisdom with us you are so welcome thank you so much for having me and i look forward to chatting to you guys again soon Good morning, 
Park Run Adventurers. It's Melissa here coming to you from Chelsea Bicentennial Park Run. Um, and I've got with me Dawn. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Melissa. How are you? Oh, good, thanks. This is your home park run, isn't it? It certainly is, but I haven't been here for a while. And why is that? Because I spend most of my time touristing around Victoria. You've done quite a few, Dawn. I have, yes. And where did you go recently? Because it was pretty special. I went to the two in Paris and Hanover in Germany and Singapore. Now, that is a big adventure. That was a big adventure, yes. Did you plan that for any particular reason? Uh, well, I wanted to go to Paris, and um, but mostly I just did it for park run. You know, you have to go and do these park runs in overseas. <laughs> And how did you find them? Um, it was it was very interesting actually. The two in Paris, um, most of the most of the park runners were tourists from the UK or Australia, and in fact they only did the briefings in English. But when I got to Germany, they were all locals, and I did not understand a word. Um, but that's good. It's good that they're actually getting some locals doing the park run there. Uh, in Singapore, again, it was it was great. But well, wherever they were, it was fun. It's the same format, so I guess same you can sort of figure it out by you just, um, yes, yeah. You just wait until uh, they say go and if you go, follow the pack. And how long have you been coming to Chelsea Bicentennial? Um, I found it's nearly two years now. I stumbled across it when I was running in the park and I thought, oh, look, somebody's having a fun run and I've missed it. And I googled <laughs> and that's how I discovered Park Run. And since then, I think I've, um, I've only not um, run or volunteered about three weeks in the last two years. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Do you know much about Chelsea Bicentennial? Describe the course for us. Oh, well, it's very, 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 very flat. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think it's probably one of the flattest courses it's possible to have. Um, it's a gravel path, so it's, uh, it's, it's quite easy on the uh, legs. Um, and you go past the Pony Club. It's very, if you've got kids, it's got a beautiful playground. It does, um, with toilets. With toilets, yes, absolutely, there's toilets here. Um, and yes, it just goes, it's, it's a straight out and back course. Yeah, very good. Well, thank you for having a chat with me, Dawn. <laughs> it's a pleasure, Melissa. Happy adventure. Thank you. Good morning, Scotty. G'day, Mel, and hello to all of the Parkrun adventurers. It is Lyndall, and I'm reporting in this week for the Channel 5 News crew from Ocean View Parkrun. Um, now, I came out to Ocean View last week to get my O on the original course. Um, knowing that they're changing the course this week and they're launching their brand new E today. So um, I don't know at this point whether that was a good decision or a bad decision to come back for the new course. When they were pointing it out to us last week when I was here, they pointed to yet another hill that we're going to have to run up. And look, Ocean View was already a pretty hilly course. So let's, let's see how this uh, pans out. I'll report in after the run if I can still talk. Alrighty, everybody, good news. I'm still alive. That was awesome, I think. Fantastic. <laughs> now, I've caught up with Aurelia. How are you going today? Oh, very well, very well. How are you, Linda? Oh, look, let's not talk about me. I don't know how I am You've yet. You've got some really nice headwear here. <laughs> Halloweenish. Oh, Halloweenish, yes. There's a few of us have got our little Halloween. Oh, I think I managed you know? to get the um, orange uh, T-shirt by mistake today. <laughs> <laughs> it all counts. Now, I met you last week already. You yes. did your first park run here last I week. I have, yes. That was fantastic, yes. And, and, you, mm? and you came back. Even better this time. Yeah, <laughs> my feet didn't get muddy, so but I really enjoyed it. Mm. It's wonderful. This ocean view um, property is magnificent, isn't it? It's really beautiful. And how did you compare this week's course to last week's? Definitely better. 
definitely better, much improved. My feet didn't get wet and uh, it was harder, but I suppose that's what it's supposed to be. <laughs> I loved it, yeah. Hill, Hill's your friend. I live not far from here, so I figured I should be fit in case of fire to escape. <laughs> well, what's, I've never heard that reason for coming to Park One before. I need to get fit in case I have a bushfire. Oh, uh, yeah. All of us are, you know, each one of us is unique. So I now have to get my family involved so can mm. they can escape as well. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to have to leave them behind. So, so you live close by here in Ocean View? Yes, I do. I walked here. Wonderful. And so the community here at Ocean View Park Run is really friendly. Is that how the community here is generally? Oh, absolutely. It's a really, really great uh, suburb. And you'll find that's probably, you know, tops in terms of friendship and helping each other. And yeah, it's excellent. Yes. Excellent. And um, you'll be continuing to come to park run then i am planning to do so i usually work on saturdays but uh i'm going to take uh, saturday morning uh, off and make it a uh, my saturday morning where i run and do other and meet with friends and basically you know have a good time aurelia saturdays yes absolutely <laughs> <laughs> it's a new thing on my map <laughs> well that sounds wonderful and great to have park run as part of it thank you very much much appreciated for your time thank you Alrighty, i've tracked down a few of the regulars here at um, ocean view park run i've got dean and Anne marie and their fairy friend harry how are you guys going today yeah, exhausted, but uh, happy to be at the end of it. So, uh, yeah, great. <laughs> I don't know why you're exhausted after running at Ocean View. <laughs> no, it's, it's really good. The nice long hills and lots of downs, so lots of up and downs. Yep. And it's off-road too, which is nice. Yeah, definitely. Um, the, the track's really good. Yeah. Nicely mown and very well marked. Yeah. Absolutely. I came here last week for the first time and I thought for sure I would get lost and I didn't. So I'm two for two. No getting lost at Ocean View Park Run. <laughs> that, that's definitely a bonus here because you don't want to do any extra Ks if you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> too many hills. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, there is. No, never too many hills. Um, and now how did you guys get into Park Run? Uh, I was getting ready for a motorcycle desert race and um, I needed to get fit and I went to the first one at Petrie and... Um, and from there, this one opened up later right next to my house. So can't, yep. can't go wrong now. No, so there's no excuse. No, no. And we're here every every, um, every Saturday. So. Yep. And how about you? Uh, I just run at home, um, just around a track and saw on Facebook that this was going to be a park run and came the very first time and have been coming ever since. Excellent. So that's about six months now. Is that right? Been yeah. going? Yeah, it's... Uh, bit different in winter it's a bit cooler yes um definitely pb um weather but uh yeah as it's getting a bit warmer it's it's nice but we still get that easterly breeze here so yep. it's it's really nice there is a bit of a breeze i was thinking in some if i come in summer i'll definitely carry some water definitely and it is always um three to five degrees cooler up here so compared to down brisbane way yep. so always nicer well it's nice to keep in mind over summer too isn't it yeah all right how about you harry have you got anything to add <laughs> He's just having a good old scratch there, so maybe I'll leave him to it. Alrighty, guys. Well, thank you very much for talking to me on the podcast today. Thanks for having me at Ocean View, and hopefully I'll be back sometime. Yay. Good luck, and we'll see you next time. Yep, see you then.
Okay, Parkrun Adventurers, milestone alert. I've got Andrea here. Hello. Um, she's doing her 100th parkrun. Yes, I am. Hi. <laughs> and her friend Michelin. Hi. <laughs> and you've done your 100th not too long ago, I understand. Yes, my 106th. Excellent. Now, <laughs> most milestoners do their milestone at home. You're not at home. I'm not at home. I'm <laughs> close to home, but I wanted to do something different. Yeah. Something unique, something, yeah. <laughs> And Ocean View is pretty unique. It definitely is. <laughs> Wineries and hills and I heard it's one of the toughest ones in Australia and I thought I'd give it a go. Yeah. Excellent. And you've done a few different park runs in your time. Sure, I have. Uh, more than a few. I've done 40 different ones. Wow, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 40 um, all over Australia and I've, um, I've done three overseas and I've done 60 at my home run in North Lakes. Wow, that's pretty good stats. Um, of the ones that you've done elsewhere, what would you say are your favourites, either because of the course or because of a memory that you have there? Well, I think um, I did uh, my first one overseas was in Paris, and that was um, probably one of my favourite ones, only because I had to get up by myself. My friends, um, it, this was after, the day after Bastille Day, and so after a huge night out, yeah. they decided to sleep in. But not me. I woke up at six o'clock, had to catch a train by myself, um, four hour, um, forty minutes away from where we were staying, by myself in the Paris metro. Um, had to catch like three different trains to get there. Um, finally found my way there. There was only about ten of us runners who did it. Um, Five hundred meters in, I fell over. Oh, no. <laughs> Actually injured my wrist. And uh, when everyone should have thought I'd give up, I just kept on going and did it and completed my five kilometres. It was the best time ever. <laughs> it sounds like quite the park run adventure. And then uh, on the way back, though, I got, bought myself a baguette and a typical French croissant, and I just enjoyed it. I just smiled the whole way back. Yes. <laughs> There's nothing like a visit to a um, Parisian boulangerie. <laughs> <laughs> nothing like it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations, both of you, on your 100 park runs. It's yeah, quite a milestone. Yes. Um, what's next? Next, um, more tourist park runs. <laughs> <laughs> Sunshine Coast, Br or the greater Brisbane region, region, just everywhere, wherever we can go, um, checking out new places. <laughs> and how about you, Michelin? Oh, I'm not sure. I'll just keep going at North Lakes probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you had your anniversary there last week. Yes, yeah. A couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, That's yep. good. Was there a theme? No, no, not this time. We had a theme for my 50th, but not my 100th. We wore tutus and. Yeah. Tutus? For, the, for my 50th, we did. My 100th. Yeah. I was like, no, no. <laughs> well, I don't want a to bit do more low key. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, both of you, for talking to me today. Well done on yeah. your 100th. Thanks and so maybe I'll see you at North Lake sometime. Yes, you're welcome. Let us know when you come over. <laughs> yes, thank you. All right, now we've settled down for coffee at the Ocean View Estate Winery and I've found the event directors. What's your name? How's your day been today? I'm Adrian. It's been very good. It's exciting to have a new course today. I'm Kelly. It should always be about me first anyway. And I've been awake all night because I worked last night, but I marshaled today for the new course. All right, and how did the new course go and how did that come about? So from all reports, it's gone very well. Um, it came about in, in collaboration with our landowners from the, the winery. They've um, very invested in making a successful run and having people be able to do a freedom run through the week. So they've put some new infrastructure in to help us make the course more obvious without a lot of pre-setup. We used to do bunting every week and now they've saved us about 40 minutes of setup at least and about half an hour of pack down, so it's fantastic. Well, that sounds like a win all round. 
Oh, look, we did have Walter get lost, but Walter is habitually lost. So no matter how many arrows, no matter which way, but his wife was not far behind and she was like, oh, Walter. So. And Walter is one of your regulars? Walter's one of our regulars. He always carries his own camera and he puts it in people's faces and takes his own sets of, um, of um, what do you call them? Pictures. Pictures. <laughs> Pictures. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, he's one of our great fun um, locals. Excellent. So Walter's gotten lost, but nobody else. So we're saying it's a success. Definite success. One of our regular uh, course complainers, sorry, Paul, is uh, <laughs> has passed the course successfully today. Uh, I didn't say Paul, Paul Savage. I didn't mention you at all. I'm very sorry, Paul. I won't do it again. Hey, look, I'm a pretty good tester of getting lost on courses. I, I said just before, I thought I was going to get lost. I didn't get lost last week. Same this week. I think it's a fabulous course. Now, you've been going now for about six months or so, is that correct? Yeah, we are, first run was the 12th of May, so we've been going for just under six months and um, going pretty successful. We've got about 25 to 30 people on it on average every week. We get probably, in that, we get 10 tourists every week. Um, and we've had a few new locals turn up and try it out, and, and they've stuck with it, so it's been great. That's excellent. And um, the tourists, are they here for the hills or the O? Oh, they're here for the big O for sure, I think. Um, but we had, was it last week or the week before, we had the lady that was getting married in the afternoon and so she ran in a wedding dress through the puddles and things with her dog, which was really, really cool. Um, so, yeah, I think the, the tourists come for the... I think they know that it's pretty, pretty, pretty good and um, you can have uh, champagne if you're allowed to straight after the, the rum. Look, I always say if you can combine running with wine, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> and it's legal. Exactly. Um, so, we've talked about the support that the winery has given you. Was that part of the impetus in getting the parkland set up here? How did, how did the parkland actually um, become, you know, here? Well, um, I always wanted a parkland in Debra, and so that's why I co-event um, director Petrie. I started that one off because it was close to Debra. Um, but there just wasn't enough pathways in Debra where you could run without having to cross the driveway. So I was nagging the councillor at every forum I could and finally goes, come up and meet the Ocean View people with me. And so Kate and Thomas graciously met me and they were just all for it. I think they had a grape fest run here once. So they said, this course will do and what do you think? And then from, they've just been fantastic and so supportive of us since. That's great. What a great story. Um, I love to hear how park runs start because there's always a different driver, isn't there? And it's, and it's you in this case um, wanting to find something a bit closer to home. Um, Daybury, obviously, there's lots of cyclists out here. Is the running community also pretty big out this way? Yeah, we've got Daybury runners and walkers. So there's a, quite a big running community as well. and Actually, a big triathlete community, which is funny. So they'll, run, they'll ride up the hill and then maybe run down the hill and then stop in at the Daybury pool and do their laps as well. Excellent. Well, that that's terrific. Um, so, thank you very much for having me here today. Thank you for starting Park Run, um, and thank you both um, for the community the the community that you've built here, and for the contribution that you've made to all of the cyclists, triathletes, and runners in the community. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Ethel. It's great to have you, and um, hopefully we see lots of people up here because it's a great little course, and I think it's great worth a very big challenge for people. We forgot to mention the Curse of Adrian. The Curse of Adrian, he follows him from park run to park run with the lowest numbers of any run director on a given day. So he had it at Petrie and now he's got it here at Ocean View. Well, Adrian, has it got anything to do with turning up with a knife through your head? Yeah, it's fair to say I'm a unique personality. <laughs> 
so just to clarify, it is Halloween, um, and a few of us have got our Halloween headdress on. But I think Adrian took the cake with, with his uh, contribution to that. It was. I'll take a photo and upload it to the Parkrun Adventurers page, maybe. All right. So thanks. I think it's time for breakfast now. Thanks again, guys, and see you next time. Thank you. See ya. Cheers. Well, we've had a little bit of a dry spell, Scotty, but the girls are back with a vengeance and some more roving reports. Yeah, I was starting to think if we did something wrong, Mel, or if we said something oh, to surely offend the crew. Would, surely we would never do anything that annoys anybody. Would never would say die. anything out of turn. That doesn't sound like us. No, no. And I tell you what. Keep it up, crew, because my little glimpse at the Pearlustration, people love the roving reports. They do. We do. And we love them. We know. We love them, but it's good to know that our people love them as well. Yeah. Very cool. Melissa Ellis was at Chelsea Bicentennial, as you will have heard. And Lyndall was at Ocean View, which is of particular interest to you, Scotty. She was there back-to-back weeks to check out the new course. Yep. Particular interest and... Should we go to, dare I say, for the last time? I'm saying for the last time, Mel. Because as we, as, as we mentioned at the start, that some things are going to go and some things are going to stay. Yep. And this one's taking a beating. Um, but let's go to the hotline. Hotline. Hey Scott and Mel, Jackie from the ACT here. My question is, if you could do any three park runs in the next 12 months that you haven't done yet, what would they be? I love this question. If we have to 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 retire the hotline and go out on a high, I think this is the perfect adventurous question to ask to do so. These are, these are the questions that I was hoping we'd get. And I'm with you, Mel. It's a really great place to finish, and it really ties in nicely to my costume from the weekend. I was a wish list at the Westerfolds anniversary. You were, and I'm pretty sure that these two things are 100% unrelated to each other. Uh, but your, yeah, your wish list, Scotty, you actually wrote down like how many were on there? Were there 20? Were there more events there that you want lot. to head to yeah. that you haven't been to yep. yet? So- let me go through the workings of how that happened. I just had this uh, foam sheet costume and then I used a permanent marker and just started writing down event names that I thought, oh yeah, I'd like to have not been there, that'd be cool. As I started going through the list, there were more on there than I had room for on my wish list and I'd wished I'd thought about it a bit more before I started writing them out there because <laughs> my wish list got analysed a little bit more than I expected it to as well. So from the people that were there on the morning and for some other people who saw the photo and zoomed in and wanted to uh, ask me questions about why some events were on there and why some weren't on there. So it, it's a great timely question, Jackie, and I'm going to let ladies go first, Mel. This one was super easy for me. I, I had it down. Like, you know – you know for sure that it's the right answer when it's just like, boom, got it. Okay, so these are my three events. I'm I'm going to go with the assumption that money is no object, time is no object. So Jackie has said in the next 12 months, um, were I to win the lotto, none of them are domestic. <laughs> I'll let you know that right. Yeah, no, no. I want to do Cheshire 
and I want to head to Cannibal's Cave or if I couldn't do that one in South Africa, Piggly Wiggly Park Run and Bear Island. Boom, done. That was easy. Yes, very easy. And all amazing sounding park runs overseas, which I would just love to get to. I know there are so many more, but those are the first three that sprung into my mind. So I get Bear Island and I get Cheshire. Uh, the South the South African events, is that just because of the funny names? Well, Cannibal's Cave specifically uh, sounded like it's in, in a beautiful spot as well. But, yeah, I do love the name, absolutely. And until we have an opportunity to explore more of the South African landscape and the kinds of events that we have over there, um, yeah, it's, it's difficult to get informed. Um, you really need to speak to people who can recommend different places and things like that. Um, that will pique your interest because just looking at a list and, and just scrolling down a list and even looking on a map, you don't necessarily know like the the more intimate geographical details or, you know, you can, you can guess if something's on a coastline then okay, well, that one's probably near a beach or that one looks like it's on a river and things like that. But without actual people's recommendations, um, people who've travelled, the adventurers who've been there and experienced those events and recommended them firsthand. That's actually usually how I I pick parkrun events to go to full stop. Like it's not, I'm not an alphabet tourist. I don't go, hmm, that one's an O. Let's head there. I, I'm not interested in doing things usually just for names. There has to be something else there that entices me and that usually comes from recommendations. So, Yeah. How about well, you? I, did that give you some time well, to I, mull over it? It did. And can I – I'm a bit like you. So once I actually sat down and thought about it, there's a couple that just jump out. And um, I'm going to I'm gonna keep it in Australia. I'm going to keep it on our homeland. And I actually got in trouble from my beautiful wife, who I've mentioned for the third time in this episode, because I didn't include any um, Polish events on my wish list. Ah, uh, okay. Because I'm an Aussie male. Even though I was born overseas myself. I'm yeah, Aussie. but you're an adventurer, Scotty. It's in your blood. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm an Aussie adventurer. And so I'm taking <laughs> I'm also taking the beaches out of the equation. Because we know we're going there. Said, yes. Yeah, we're going there. We publicly said that that's on our wish list. Um, so there's a couple. So Ocean View is one that I really want to get to. So mine's really based on, in my role, I try and um, watch a lot of Facebook pages and, and look at a lot of photos of events and and see what each event is doing. And um, Ocean View is it's picturesque. It it's, looks good in the vines. I don't mind a hilly course. You know, if it's two hillies, stop and walk, mate. Don't don't push hard on the hard courses. That doesn't make any sense to me. Talking about so hills, really you know, in South Africa, there's an event called Thousand Hills. Yeah. I don't know if that's an indication of what the course is like, but... <laughs> <laughs> I like hills, but I might draw the line at a thousand. Yeah, in over five k. Nine hundred ninety-eight is where I cap out. Yeah. Um. So Ocean View is on my list. There's an event over in um, South Australia called Largs Bay. I don't reckon too many people know about Largs Bay. I don't know why I'm so intrigued by Largs Bay. It's a coastal run. Uh, they make a lot of references to the wind, so I'm guessing it's really windy. It's just one that I keep going back to, and it's an event that. I want to get to. Okay. So Largs Bay is on the agenda and I think our Christmas adventure, our Christmas holiday is heading over that way. So I think I'm going to tick that off. And the other one, which looks really awesome and 
is it obtainable in some way, is Broken Hill. Yeah, Broken Hill. But yeah, that one has my interest, definitely. Yeah. So I've seen a video of, of the course and again, I've seen lots of photos and I think they're creating a really nice uh, vibe at Broken Hill. So I want to get there. And none of them are linked to the alphabet, which has become an obsession in our house at the moment. Oh, has it? <laughs> yep, yep, because I think I've, I've got my B, definitely got my B. Don't know if I've got my L and my O, but it's irrelevant. They're the three that I want to get to in the next 12 months. Well, that's pretty still- cool. I mean, there, there are other ones, obviously, that I know I will be getting to in the next 12 months, which have been top of my list or high on my list for a long time, and I'm, you know – the plans are in the works to get there. But yes, I just sort of, I I took this from the different angle that money and time were no object. <laughs> because I love to dream, Scotty. And I'll Dreaming's get good. one day. So let's see who does it before. I reckon I'll do mine before you do yours. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, where are you going this weekend? Because um, it's your birthday. It's a very festive time for Mel Urbacker at the moment. Oh, this time of year, super festive time for me. Yes, it's my parkrun birthday and I share it with my parkrun birthday twin, Nicola Forward. So happy birthday to Nicola for this coming week. We are each of us going to at least eat two cakes or possibly one cake normal side up and one cake upside down, given we're on different sides of the world. Um, yeah, I, I'm heading to Tasmania for the second time. Very, very excited. We we jet off um, on Friday, so that will be cool. Get down there in plenty of time. We're actually going to stay in Hobart, um, but I think everybody kind of probably has an inkling as to where I'm going to go in Tassie. Because you all know, as I just mentioned, I'm not an alpha tourist, so I'm not chasing a queue, which a lot of people um, – seem to pop down there for um but i've i've got another goal in mind and it's one of my new year's goals there's a compass club of the aussie variety it's not that one with the north in the name or the south in the name or the east or the west you know that's that's i'm gonna go out there and say that's not a real compass club you know hey hang on i've got it it's a real compass club because i've got it oh really okay it's legitimate if you're in the club (laughs) yeah but i like yours too (laughs) Mine is a challenge for adventurers. Well, I'm going to Jeeveston Park Run, Mm, the southernmost event in our great land. And so does this mean you're in? That's it? This will be the final. I've got to finish the event first. I've got to do the whole thing. I've got to remember my barcode. If I don't remember that, all is lost. (laughs) Um, So I will be packing oodles and oodles of spares uh, in every single possible piece of luggage, item of clothing. I might just anything that has a pocket, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a barcode in it. And, and the rules of your Compass Club are once you've attained it, that's it, you're in. You don't have to keep chasing it. It doesn't matter if the points shift afterwards. Once you're in, you're in. Well done, Mel. Mm. Well done. Still working on um, the getting the artwork for metal. If anyone's a graphic designer out there and wants to do something really cool with like putting um, the the compass points on some kind of cool metal design, let me know um, because, yeah, I've got some graphic design skills but they're not that advanced and I need to send um, some artwork off to to whichever – lucky metal trophy shop 
is going to be the creator of the medals because I'm making my own damn medals for this. <laughs> it's It's been a long time coming. I've been chasing it for years. It's finally come to fruition. I've never worked so hard for a medal or, you know, possibly spent so much money. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, I, I need something to commemorate the event. And, you know, it's my birthday. It's my parkrun birthday. There you go. Hmm. Where are you going this week, Scotty? I know um, we don't normally talk about this, but we've started talking about this lately, haven't we? Started, why not? Why not? We're adventurers. We, we tend to go somewhere different every week. Where am I going this week? I'm heading out to Point Cook. So Point Cook are having their 250th event this weekend, and I thought that was a reason enough for celebration and for revisiting, and also cool. to complete the conversion of my mother-in-law. So she's. Remember, we took her a few weeks ago down yes. to Wimbledon Vale, and your father-in-law time. stayed in bed. But yes, you mentioned you'd have to sort of encourage and go along to a few more events just to seal the deal for your mother-in-law. Yep. yep. But she's been asking, "When are you coming? When are you coming?" And because we've had you know, anniversaries at Westerfolds or other commitments, we haven't made it. But uh, this week, we're heading back out west to Point Cook Park, run a nice flat course. Looking forward to catching up with the team there. As I said, haven't been there for years, it seems. Oh, I love that you're going to um, help encourage mother-in-law back to park run again. Yep, so I think we've got her. I think we've got her hooked. So now I'm walking, working on my sister, sister-in-law's. Is that what they are? Yeah, they're sister. Are they sisters-in-laws? Yeah, they're sister-in-laws. They're not my sisters. They're your sister-in-laws, sister-in-laws. yes. Yeah, because they're all over in the West as well. And they don't listen to the podcast, but geez, it'd be good if they did and they could come along as well. Be an invasion. Well, that sounds very cool, Scotty. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Now, there are other reasons for celebration. There are no launches this week around the country, but there are still anniversaries happening, even though the main ones were last week. These events will be celebrating. And, and you know, arguably more exciting for these guys is that it's their anniversary this week than ours. <laughs> so we've got one, East... One way to look, way to look at it. We've got East Richmond in New South Wales. We've got Karkarook and Coonwarra in the greater state. Which Scotty knows, or Scotty is referring to Victoria. So I need to point that out for those who think that's a, an ambiguous statement. Uh, there's Maitland in New South Wales. Port Hedland in Western Australia. South Bank in Queensland. And Willoughby in New South Wales. So another good bunch of anniversaries going on. We clock them up every year, every, every event. That's how it happens. That's how it works. Thanks for joining me again, Scotty. I'm glad to hear that you were going to come back and that you did, in fact, come back. You didn't like the time off so much. I mean, you asked if I missed you. Did you miss me? Did you miss the podcast? Worry aside. You know what, Mel? I did. I did. (laughs) There was a a decided pause there. (laughs) They could have gone either way. Yeah, no, no. there There was a moment of jealousy at one point, um, but <laughs> I was no, talking I to Tim this week. Damn it! You wanted <laughs> to talk to Tim. Yeah, well, you know, and also there, there's a bit of anxiety that um, people are going to compare Tim and myself. And luckily, I survived it. Okay, the e- the ego has come away relatively unscathed. Yeah. Not sure if we're going to be able to say that with the perlustration as we get the results over the next couple of weeks, but. Yeah. You know. Good reminder to do it, people. Pearlstration, pearlstration, do it. You know you want to. 
And hey, if anybody's got any roving reports, you do not have to be a member of the Channel 5 News Crew. We welcome them from everyone. The Channel 5 News Crew didn't exist until we had some people doing some repeated things and um, contributing a lot, which was awesome. But we still welcome roving reports from those who don't want to contribute every second, third, fourth week. Just want to do a random one every now and again because you've visited someplace interesting or different. You know, in last year's Pearlstration, we asked about merchandise. Would you like to see it? Would you buy it if we had it? It was a positive response and unfortunately we haven't acted on it simply because we were, you know, I made the mistake of calling ourselves the Parkrun Adventurers Mill. So it's really hard to create anything when it, using our name. Yeah. But you're creating medals. I think we should do something for the Channel 5 news crew, you know. Well, I am still knitting those 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 leg warmers. It's just taking yeah, a long yeah. time. Yeah, what's wrong with your needles? They're a bit rusty. <laughs> <laughs> the needles, right? You need the plastic ones or the bam wooden ones. Bamboo, bamboo. Bamboo's good for the environment. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'll look into that. But I want to explore this now. You've planted a seed. If you're doing medals, I really want merchandise for the podcast. Okay. And I'm serious this time. I know you, th- you all think I was joking about the leg warmers. I'm not joking about the leg warmers. But yes, we, I think we'll, we'll work on something for Christmas. That's a good idea. That's a good it idea. Gives us a deadline. Okay. We'll be back next week. I wonder who's going to be hosting it next week. Should we mix up? Should we have regular guest co-hosts? I don't know, Scotty. That's do you trust, do you trust me with the technology? After well, last now we've week. got this new one. We've got this new one. I think, it's, I think it should be easier. Well, it should be, but I was the first person to use it last week, and the sound quality, hmm, not quite all there. <laughs> well, I'm the first a, to admit well, it. Well, this week I think is better. Okay. I think. We, we've been recording, we haven't listened, but we think it looks better. So I think there's, there's, there's an opportunity, there's a scope here to explore future guests, co-hosts. What are they called? Guest presenters. Thank you, Scotty. I will chat to you next week, and I will give you all the gory details of my undoubtedly fabulous uh, sixth, it'll be my sixth parkrun birthday. Can't wait. Speak to you then. Can you hear the guys installing solar panels on the house behind mine? No. Can you hear Buster snoring? No. He's giving it a go. (laughs) I'm pretty sure he's not as loud as the guys with their power drills on the tin roof. No. Can't hear either. Okay.